Welcome, everyone. We are live for another edition of our weekly Friday market update, where I have the opportunity to analyze all the different things that have come in over the week, but also look into the data so that you can visually see for yourself what is actually happening all across the Bay Area. Now, if there's any questions or anything that you may want to know more about, feel free to leave it in the comments below. I answer every single question that comes in. Or if there are any particular articles that are of interest or topics that you want me to cover, I'm happy to do so potentially at one of my specific videos, like a Real Estate Tuesday tip that I do, or um, in my weekly Friday market update. So without further ado, the way that I have this set up is that the first part of the conversation is always about different headline articles, different things that come out for that given week that might be of interest. And then I, at the later parts, I look at the actual market data itself. So I always extract that information from uh, the MLS so you can visually see uh, where things are, are going and what's going on. I also give you my intake uh, input in terms of, since I make offers every week, what is actually happening from the ground level before things actually get posted. So it, gi it gives you a little bit of a forward indicator as to what is likely to come because of that. And, uh, and fortunately, I've been able to help buyers in pretty much all counties. So I've been able to see the results all over. But let's go ahead and get started. Okay, so first and foremost, it's always about the conversation of financial hardship. So uh, there's conversation about forbearances, potentially foreclosures, but you can see through the credit reports, a percentage of accounts in financial hardships began to level off in June. Now, a lot of this has to do, going back to what I mentioned previously, uh, a lot of people started getting back to the getting back to work, but also the forbearance program was really too easy to get. So people that wanted to even be able to get out of forbearance weren't able to do so. So it was very nice to see that this trend has continued to drop uh, through June. It will be interesting to see because the, the challenge is every state is encountering a different uh, scenario when it comes to how they're handling COVID and how the local economy gets impacted for that. So while this is a general macro level, which is a very good trend to see either way, uh, it's also going to be very important for you to see on the local level. Like for example, uh, California is one of the states that have been hit hardest. However, it's mostly Southern California that has significantly more cases if you look at the count itself. And so like the Bay Area, while things have been uh, closed down again, like a lot of the outdoor dining is still is still going as it was before. So there are certain businesses that will get affected more, but at least the restaurants in this case can continue to still operate. I know a lot of areas also have outdoor dining set up uh, as well. All right, next, mortgage applications climbed to 4.1%, uh, climbed 4.1% on low rates. So this is the ninth straight week year over year. So the, the challenge right now is there's significantly more buyer demand than before. It's been going on for over two months now. Uh, I clearly see it from a market perspective. There's a lot more activity, a lot more people actively looking, and a lot more offers than there was even a month ago. So something to be aware of that uh, you may have, you may be confident in your own personal situation, but just know there are plenty of opportunities to be had, but you also have to know you're not the only person buying. You're going to be competing against other people for various reasons, especially those that don't want to take advantage of these crazy low record rates which are typically under 3% for most people these days. 
Now, home sales jumped a record 21% in June. So if you've been following the, the stats that I've been providing, even in the Bay Area, we've continued to keep climbing in terms of prices. And that's happening all throughout the Bay Area. Uh, today, we're going to take a look at uh, the data of Alameda County, even Contra Costa, and also actually extracting and pulling from San Francisco. So you can see for yourself how prices have increased over, uh, over the months. You can see uh, this is a stat from throughout the U.S. The Bay Area is nothing uh, special in this case. Certain areas have actually increased significantly more uh, than the Bay Area. So something to be aware of. This is a macro trend that's happening across the U.S. given how low interest rates are, which makes it a lot more affordable for people to decide to buy or to upgrade than to rent, uh, rent a home itself. So that's what's happening across the U.S. Well, uh, here's an interesting thing that I wasn't aware of, just the sheer amount of volume for related to ADUs or accessory dwelling units. So these are commonly known as like grand units or in-law units. Uh, I had previously had worked um, in a business that we were educating people on building in-laws uh, units, and we were ultimately helping them actually doing, doing the process itself. So it's really interesting to see. In the Bay Area, there are examples of this. However, it's not nearly the same uh, as it was, uh, as it is in, in other areas. And I think it, it has something to do with their labor costs maybe a lot lower. Uh, at the same time, perhaps some of their processes may be a lot uh, more streamforward, uh, streamlined. Like Portland, I know as an example, is one of the uh, most progressive when it comes to ADUs. They've had a, a pretty big lead. And Los Angeles also has a lot, at least from the two uh, West coast markets uh, that I knew from years ago. But it's interesting to see that there are people are using this either uh, as a cheaper way instead of buying a new home to uh, have their family move in with them, yet not being too close to them. At the same time, there's also rental opportunities. So I literally will have a call tomorrow. There is an individual that reach out. Maybe you're even listening to this video. Reach out to the YouTube videos. You know, one of their strategies is to want to see, you know, what are options from uh, building or at least converting a space to an ADU to help with offset their mortgage. So it's a very common question. It's a very uh, creative way and it's also a great value add way uh, for a lot of people, whether they're investors or they're just uh, home homeowners to be able to offset some of the costs yet um, be able to add value to the home, which they may have not thought of before. So something really interesting, really surprised it was at this count, 1.4 million homes have an ADU uh, that's built in. All right, so um, right now, as you have seen, we actually have, while supply uh, has been fairly limited, um, the bigger challenge right now is we have significantly more buyer demand. So you'll see momentarily as we go through the charts of how many are hitting uh, the market a week. The, the challenge right now is actually that the demand side is so high given interest rates are so low and there's not that much new construction, at least in most parts of the Bay Area. So the supply issue is always going to be an, a, a problem. And if you look kind of down the, down the road, whether there's new construction coming down the pipe, there's not unfortunately that much. Um, most of them that are available are, are getting sold out really quickly or they're selling very quickly. Um, so it's going to be a challenge for inventory levels, which it's good for homeowners. So if you're a homeowner, you're fortunate to have a very limited supply uh, so prices tend to go up because of that uh, combination and, and those factors, especially a lot of people. I've had a lot of conversations with investors, but also a lot of 
uh, conversations with those that have a, a portfolio of stocks, real estate. And because the Fed is constantly printing money and we may have higher inflation levels, you know, real estate, stock market, and these asset classes are, are a good option for a lot of people to hedge against inflation. What is terrible in those environments is cash. There's a funny quote from Ray Dalio, where she said, cash is trash, uh, which is really interesting to hear. Um, but it shows like if it's in an inflated environment, if we keep printing money, you, you want to have your money in assets, um, given, especially here in the Bay Area, they're very finite and there's a very limited amount of those uh, that opportunity. So something to be aware of, and this is happening across the board, where low inventory is causing significantly higher prices in the Bay Area. And it's not like we have a shortage of new listings. It's just a shortage of inventory, which are structural since the last uh, correction. So something to be aware of. There's a very big difference between those, uh, those measurements and those things. Now, um, there's two different articles that I also pulled out, uh, pulled up related to why we won't see a rush of foreclosures this fall. A lot of people have been really, uh, a lot of people have been praying and hoping for it. As I mentioned, it really depends on your area. So I suspect different markets will be affected more. So my, I would have an initial connotation of perhaps uh, Las Vegas or perhaps Houston, given oil, right? There may be certain markets that may be more affected. Uh, because it, it's more tourist-based or it's more economic-based like oil in that case. But other areas um, may not have the same kind of impact. But either way, even in those areas, the government has been very active in, in having people stay in their home longer. So the concept of forbearance extension, even now they're still able to readjust their mortgage uh, and that can go on for another nine months. Um, and then by then we can, they can then assess to see if they wanted to do it even further. So you can see like under the CARES Act, there's just a lot of support given for people that really have no choice but to sell. But the bigger thing that's very different, like a lot of people are buying homes today, like that are further away than where they work as another home. They're actually not, uh, they're, they're not generally a lot of first time buyers. They're actually buying a second or third property just to kind of get away in the interim, but they're keeping their primary home. And so what does that mean? It means you don't have the opportunity for people to do that trade up so that one you know, property goes on the market while another gets taken off. They're basically buying another one. So that one that would have been used as a trade up never actually got traded up, which makes it harder for those first time buyers to try to enter in that space. And the reason for that is because there is significantly equi there's significant equity in most people's homes. You can look at this, 60% of people, 59% has over 30% equity in their home. And this is for the entire US, right? So the Bay Area, because it's grown even faster, is even more tremendous, is even is much higher. But you even look on the downside, right? Only 1% has negative equity, 9% has 0 to 10% equity, and then 13% has 10 to 20% equity. So as you can see, it has to drop a lot for them to have the distress for a possible uh, scenario where the bank would then take back the property. Otherwise, if they had distress, they would simply just put on the market and sell it. They may have a small loss here, as you can see, if it's between zero to 10% equity. But even then, there's not that much pressure. And that's the challenge that is happening across the board. You know, I'm going to show you the data momentarily of San Francisco. And you can see, you may think because a lot of people are moving from San Francisco from the rental space, that there's a lot of pressure on the prices side. 
but you'll see momentarily that's actually not the case. Um, but this is really insightful for people to understand the differences of people un unable to pay and the huge difference this time around versus before, which quite frankly, most people in that in that period were somewhat underwater and over leveraged to begin with given faulty products and faulty loans. The other problem right now is, you know, if you're thinking about selling your house, I tell all of them, all the sellers, like if you think about selling right now or in the next year, now it's, I mean, there's no, it's hard to argue a better time. You're going to see prices for the most part are at record highs, which is very good. We have record demand in terms of buyers leveraging really low interest rates. Um, so if you have a time horizon of this year or next year, uh, it's hard to argue a better time. So let's have a conversation. Love to go over that process with you. Um, it's really hard to argue any other time than now if you want to sell houses. And, and plenty of buyers, including all the ones I'm working with, would absolutely love to see a, a property come on the market. Now, why is inventory so low? A lot of it has to do with people are just staying in their home way much longer. So you can see from this report, the average length of time homeowners are staying in their homes is, is over 10 years now, right? In the past, if you look in the 90s, it was between five to seven years. So people are not trading up. Now, it could be a combination of people don't want to make that move. It could be a combination. They don't want to pay updated property taxes, especially in California. You know, there's a lot of reasons why they won't want to move or they perhaps are in the forever home. And so they'll live there until um, they either pass it to their kids um, or until some other event happens where they want to move out of the area altogether. So just the pure numbers of how long people are staying in their homes has a very material impact, right, of how how often homes become on the market. So that's why also inventory levels are low. You can see even leading up to 2008, it was an average of six years. But now if their numbers are at 10 years plus, I mean, that's almost double how long people are staying. So the number of volume and velocity has shrank by a half, which is a huge problem. If you look at my latest video, I also pointed out there's 83 million millennials that are potentially buyers, right? Millennials go up to the age of 38. A lot of them are starting families. So it has a huge constraint and a huge pressure from that perspective as well. Okay, so as promised, what I'll do now is I'll convert to the uh, market data perspective. So you'll actually see the numbers yourself. You'll see how things are faring, where things are at relative to previous weeks. I also uh, pull out what the figures were pre-shelter levels uh, so that you can see, see that. Now, this is what I pulled up here is San Mateo County. You can see the number of properties on the market is very low. We have 151 new listings last week. It's even lower than some of the some of the ones in previous weeks, but it's been pretty steady. Total contingent pending has actually dropped from last week, but it's still at a pretty healthy level, right? Basically, as soon as a property hits the market, if it's a good property, especially in San Mateo County right now, it will sell in one weekend guarantee. Now, many of these that are not selling are typically ones that are priced too high or people have been too aggressive or there may be a lot of work. So they didn't factor that accordingly. So something to be aware of of San Mateo County, things are moving extremely quickly. The, the contingent pending would actually be much higher given if there were better properties on the market because uh, I know how busy things are, especially in, in the Mid-Peninsula. So here's the data that I've extracted um, from for San Mateo County. This was the chart from last week, and here's the chart from this week. You can see that the July figures, the average prices, are actually hitting a record amount now. 
So we are at record highs for July at this point, which means the last week has picked up significantly for the average amount in July to be higher than what is in May. So as you can see, the prices are at record highs. Uh, it is very competitive. So fantastic time for sellers, but also a good time for buyers if you're able to get the property that you like. Now, condos and townhomes, different effect, about the same of what it was the previous week. It's just not, um, it's just not, number one, there's two reasons for this. Number one, it's not common. Uh, there's not, there's not many condos and townhomes relative to single family in San Mateo County. You can see residential single family has 3,300 listings. And you can see there's only a third of that in San Mateo County. So in general, there's just not a lot to begin with, but it's also from that asset class perspective, it's just not as, um, wanted given people want more space than before. So something to be aware of, something to note related to San Mateo County. Now, Santa Clara County, um, as I mentioned, Santa Clara County is one of the hottest markets in the Bay Area, given you can see the new listings amount has dropped from before, which is uh, concerning for those that are uh, that are wanting to buy. But you can see the total contingent relative to the amount is still way higher. So it's a lot of activity, a lot of competition that's happening uh, in Santa Clara County as we speak. So with this kind of imbalance, you're gonna see a lot more pressure on prices, which you're seeing here. Now, prices have dropped a little bit from what it was um, of the average of the previous week. However, we're still, make no mistake, it's still a competitive, we are still at record highs. This figure is at all-time record highs, or at least matches what it was back in like, I think the all-time record high was March of 2018. So we actually are at that same level. So we are at record highs and we had briefly surpassed that. Now these are single family properties. If you look at condos, townhomes, somewhat of a similar effect, right? Maybe prices have dropped slightly, but not, not that much, but it's still relatively high versus the rest of uh, the months, but fairly consistent as well. So it goes to show you another example that uh, residential single family is in significantly more demand than condos and townhomes. Now, Alameda. So Alameda, somewhat of a similar fact, not as crazy as uh, as Santa Clara County. You can see from what it was the previous week, fairly close, fairly similar, still high levels. Um, and I suspect that that'll be about the same moving forward. And then here's the data actually interesting enough for condos and townhomes. So condos and townhomes, similar effect, prices have been rising given their price points are significantly lower. So it's a really good option for a lot of first time buyers where you can see the average is about a little under 700,000. So that's Alameda. What I didn't do last time, but I did this time is actually extracted the numbers in Costa, Costa, Contra Costa County. You can see actually enough because I am making offers for some of my clients that decided to get a bigger home in Contra Costa. Look at the trajectory and the trends and how much it has gone up relative to what you saw previously. You can July, the the median, the average sales price now in Contra Costa County for a single family home is a million dollars, right? So whoever, you know, for those that live in Contra Costa County, you probably would not have ever thought of that, um, but it has gone up a lot. And it's quite interesting. Like I have a client, we've been looking in like Antioch, Concord, uh, those areas, and we're going against a lot of offers and we're actually going against cash offers, uh, all cash offers. Um, and, you know, unfortunately we lost twice for that, but it's, it's pretty amazing. Like other areas are not getting these kind of all cash offers, but for whatever reason, uh, people are buying in all cash 
in these in these markets. So maybe they have a bet um, of you know everybody's going to be moving further away, so prices will keep rising uh, in those areas. That's kind of one way to look at it. The other is perhaps those are people that already have a primary and they can't uh, potentially or want to get a secondary loan, so they're buying it all cash and then they're going to live there uh, until things get better before they move back. So really interesting to see contract cost. cost I wanted to point this because. Uh, we are making offers every week, and I wanted to share this data of just it's it's really intense out there. They are absolutely hitting record highs now. Contra Cost account, unfortunately, because it had a big run up in two thousand eight, they're not at all time levels, right? Versus other parts of the core Bay Area, uh, they are. They basically have more than doubled. But Contra Costa, I've seen one example. This is one home that at one point in two thousand six sold for like a million dollars, and now it's even though it's competitive, it sells for 780,000 or something like that. So uh, it's not record levels from that perspective, but there are a lot of things that have changed there that make it a lot more attractive these days. And the last thing I want to cover is related to uh, San Francisco. So people have asked, you know, what's going on with San Francisco? Uh, are prices declining? Is this a good opportunity? Unfortunately, I don't have too, I don't have too much good news for you. Uh, if you see year over year, July, and this is single family, the volume is lower. So there is less transactions happening uh, in San Francisco in general, or for various reasons. But the prices have still remained pretty positive. If you look at it year over year, July is still above what it was in July 2019. So that's something to be uh, aware of. And the price per square foot, you know, it's about, it's similar. It's about the same. And if you thought maybe the more dense areas, like urban areas, like condos may have had more of an impact. People have started getting more confidence again. You can see we're not even done with July, but the amount of transactions that have hit July are the highest it has been over the last several months. And you can see the average price point, whether you want to look on the average price per square foot or the average price per uh, condo, medium price, it's still higher than what it was uh, for the rest for the entire year so far, but also even higher than it was last year. So something to be aware of is to be educated. Like um, you may assume things, but and I may have assumed things that people may have just wanted to leave and nobody wants to buy there. But it's certainly the data is not showing that and it has, has certainly changed uh, otherwise. So if you're looking at San Francisco, you do have more options because there are more listings available. However, you also have to be cognizant that clearly the market is reflecting to what it shows here. Um, so if you're hoping for that discount, um, it's not happening right now. It may not happen. So it's something to be aware of if you keep waiting longer, it may be uh, an impact in the future of uh, being further and further uh, out of reach. So I hope this was helpful. And this is what I do every uh, every Friday. I look at the market data. I look at different headline articles. I give my thoughts along with my experience, uh, given that I make offers every week. So I, I know what's happening on the ground level. If you are renting or if you're looking at a possible trade up or even a move further away, this could be as an investment property. It could be as like a secondary home. That's happening across the board now, right? So a lot of people are doing that, especially leveraging record low interest rates. So I'd love to talk. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. Happy to have a conversation about your situation. And then we can figure out a game plan to go from there. That should wrap it up for this one. Have a good weekend. And I'll see you at the next video on Tuesday. Thank you so much for making it to the very end of my podcast. If you are tired of renting in the Bay Area, are a homeowner looking to do a trade-up for a bigger home, or are a real estate investor, 
I would love to connect. Click on the Calendly link and let's set up a time to talk. It's never too early to talk about options and to work out a game plan. I also do have an email newsletter, so sign up on the link in the show notes, or you're welcome to watch all of my content on YouTube. See you at the next one.